Hi, everybody. Hey, Dan. Hey, Tim. Hey, Lexi. Hi, guys. <laughs> I believe you have a joke for us. I do. What is smarty shit? Smarty <laughs> no, shit. no, I said it wrong. Start again. Start again. <laughs> <laughs> I just gave the answer away. Go back. Go back. All right. No, you have we'll to start, start again. Start Hi, Alexi. Hi, guys. Hey. Do you have a joke? I do have a joke. Yeah. What are hundreds and thousands? What? Smarty shit. Hey. <laughs> it's my dad joke. I love it. <laughs> all right. Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Tim. And today, here with us live on the podcast is Alexi Boyd from Small Biz Matters. Hi guys, it's great to be Welcome. here. Welcome. Yay. It's good to have you on the podcast. We just recorded your show and now you're recording our show. It did. It's like reciprocal podcasting. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've got to say, I was so impressed with your radio skills. It's the first time I've ever been in a, like a radio studio. Mm. You're just like pulling knobs and pushing things and timing and oh, it's very impressive. Thank very you. Impressive. My grand plan is to eventually have a producer, but until then, I will be running the entire kitten caboodle by myself. Look, as a follower of Tidarsism, I think that's amazing that you do it yourself. <laughs> community you should, radio. You should always do it. Yeah, community radio doesn't have the funds to pay for every presenter to have their own producer. Mm. So, um, mm. yeah, that's a really great example. That's right. Neither cool. do uh, independent podcasts. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're just lucky there's two of us. Yeah. Indeed. Spread the load. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Tim. What is the Tim and Dan Low? That's done that's done live. <laughs> I noticed. Uh, yeah, we should really just record that and then hit a button. No, because because we like to, to mix, mix it, it up, up and I point to Tim and I've said this on the show before, but I point to Tim and I say up or down. And that means he has to do the higher part or the lower part, and we switch it up each week. Mm. So you're actually, what? You, you, <laughs> is there any musical talent involved in this? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I love how you're just like dumbstruck, basically. You're just like, what? what, what? <laughs> I don't get it. It is funny to watch <laughs> guests watch us do that for the first time. They're just kind of looking at, oh, okay. I, once I think your, your response was... was Right. Well, as you said earlier today, you've got the face for radio. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what I was watching. I believe I said smile for radio, but that's fine. You do yeah. have the face for radio, Dan. Yeah. Hey, um, I actually did that with the guest once. So you're lucky, Alexi. You didn't have to join in with the song. Yeah. Dan wasn't with me one time and I made the guest sing it with me. I didn't want him at all. <laughs> wasn't someone from the ATO, was it? No. no well. it was, they don't come um, on the show. <laughs> software? Just oh. call them out. Forget his name. But anyway, yeah, it was the uh, FYI docs, the guy who... Oh, Rob. Rob, Rob, yeah. Rob, Rob Cameron. Rob Cameron, Rob Cameron. Yeah. And does he have a singing voice? Can he harmonise? Uh, he with warning, perhaps. <laughs> Look, he gave it a go. That was the main thing. Gave it a red hot go. That's yeah. what we love. All right, so Tim, uh, how's your week this week? Yes, it's been great. Uh, first time on live community radio today. So that was that was a pretty big thing for me. Yeah, it's actually my second time on live community radio, really? Tim. Yeah, when I was in high school... Uh, we, we, we visited the local community radio station near us and there was a segment where I said, hello. <laughs> so, and you still remember it. Yeah. So <laughs> it was thrilling. It was thrilling. It was, it was a big moment for it's everyone. Probably, it's probably in some time capsule somewhere. <laughs> hello. It's amazing how many people I have on the show and I have to remind them it's live radio. They come in and go, oh. 
oh my god, there's an on-air sign. Is, is this live? <laughs> yeah. That's what radio is. I love is. the on-air sign. I really want one of those, actually. That'd be awesome. You can buy them. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, we should buy them. Definitely. <laughs> but we're never, we're never live on-air, so <laughs> it's kind of But we can pretend. <laughs> Alexi, how's your week going? Do you have my a team and download? Yeah, well, my week's pretty good. Uh, Small Biz Matters is going from strength to strength. I'm mm, loving nice. it. Nice. Um, cool. Just involved. I'm really enjoying being involved at so many different levels, cool. like the local level, the state level, federal, mm. and just understanding where all the pieces of the puzzle fall. Nice. And it's um, it's interesting. Well, we're going to talk more about that yeah. actually today with uh, our main topic. I'd also like to point out, very professional then, Lexi Boyd uh, coming in and... and basically previewing what we're speaking to <laughs> about today. It's called so, a segue. Yeah, so... Uh, I love those things. You can't fall off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, before we get into that, Tim, uh, do you have a business update this week? Uh, we didn't speak about that beforehand. Uh, no, I don't really have a business update. I think our, whole, our entire episode, uh, which actually didn't even release till Monday, Tim, I don't know if you knew that, but mm. um, it was... Basically, a giant business update. So, mm. for the business update this week, go back, listen to that episode. Yeah. We're still waiting to hear from the ATO with their interpretive decision for um, JobKeeper 2.0. So, so many unanswered questions. There is. Mm. There is. That's yes. right. Yeah. So. And there's a lot, we're, getting, we're getting a fair way into September now. And I think... Mm. I think maybe they're – do you think they're holding off because they don't want to give preempt people the ability to push income into a different month? This is what we were discussing on our episode, well, that released yesterday, um, was that it's basically checkmate now. Mm. Um, business owners won't be able to change things around without being just completely sus. They'll have to shut shut their shop for yeah, a month. It, it would be his uh, great revenue in July and August and <laughs> uh, for some reason just sales yeah. in September were down 80%. I went on holidays <laughs> for a month. I don't think that's going to cut it with the ATO. No. So. No. Uh, yeah, well, that's why probably why they're not releasing his the alternative account. test. Yeah. Here's actually one I'll run past you, Lexi. So, um, when we had our last episode uh, mm. in our business update, we're talking about, I think it was, I think his name's Andrew Lee or something. He's, he stood up in parliament and he was listing off all these massive companies which are getting JobKeeper, one of them being Star Casino. Mm-hmm. And um, their CEOs getting bonuses, big bonuses. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the year. How do you feel about that? Oh, look, I think in hindsight, we're all experts. Yeah. Um, they had to scramble pretty quickly. And as I was saying to Nicole Lynch, who came on my show last week when we were trying to unpack JobKeeper 2.0, um, we are in a very fortunate position. Let's mm. look at all the other Western countries around mm. the world and what is happening to their economies. Yeah. I've got a cousin who lives in Utah. She has received one $1,200 check from the government in, since March. She runs an art gallery, so you can imagine what's happening with her business. So mm. we are very, very fortunate. We are, we are. And although we can um, probably say this could have been done better or more mm. equitably, mm-hmm. we are very lucky. Yep. Mm. And there are a lot of people who work for those large businesses who are still in a job. True. And those, job, those businesses, because they're big, would more likely have stood down true, proportionately true. more workers than small business would. Very true. Yep. Very so true. Um, I'm thinking probably more jobs were saved by looking after those big giant companies. Great answer. Yeah, that is mm. a good answer. And, and last week we tried to uh, dissect between the nuanced response yeah. and the immediate emotional response. Yeah, the emotional <laughs> response is how do they get bonuses and they get JobKeeper? Well, you want and to then, talk emotional responses, just yeah. look at what's happening in Melbourne because yeah. you've mm. got two sides of the spectrum I often hear on... Uh, you know, news reports who are interviewing people on the street who are going, yeah, yeah, it sucks, but we've really just got to hold fast. We've got to do this. Otherwise, mm. it's going to be 10 times worse. Mm. And then the other side of the spectrum, you've got um, sometimes business leaders uh, and groups saying, we need to open now. 
we don't care. Yeah, yeah. Now, if I if you put the mother of that child who's in hospital currently experiencing COVID related mm. um, um, is it Kosciuszko syndrome? Um, mm. oh, I can't remember Kawasaki. Sorry, Kawasaki, Kawasaki. syndrome, mm-hmm. which is horrific. Right. Uh, and if you put that mother in front of those business mm. leaders and said, "Yeah, let's open up the economy and expose more people mm. to the secondary and third effects of of COVID, not just the aged population, which yeah. you don't mm. seem to care about," yeah. this is something we have to do, and yeah. it, it sucks and it's hard, um, and it's going to be hard for many years. Mm. But the alternative is America. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I don't want to live there. Well, yeah, we're having this. Actually, was having this chat. Um, on Sunday with my mom and dad and Jade, we're catching up for Father's Day and it got on to, I've got family down in Victoria mm-hmm. who are struggling with the lockdown. I mean, it's pretty horrible. They've been in lockdown for five or six weeks now and there hasn't been any, until Sunday, any roadmap as to when that's going to end. Mm. So, there's people who are um, pl- trying to plan these protests and they're getting arrested. So, they're putting up a Facebook post saying, hey, let, we should protest about this. And literally, hours later, the police come and knock down their door and arrest them. (laughs) One of them was a pregnant mother. Yeah, The other guy was like on the toilet or something like that. He couldn't enter the door, so they literally kicked it down. It's weird. And people are upset with these recent uh, roadmaps because they're saying, all right, it's not date-based, it's it's data-based. Once we get below certain Mm. limits, then we'll start... And that makes a lot of sense to me. It's like, okay, when, when it reaches a certain level, we can start talking about it. And there's a lot of business representatives out there, and we'll get into this advocacy space because I think this really fits in well with it. Mm. Um, they get out there and they say, no, we need dates. We need hard dates because we need to plan and order stock mm. and do all this. And I sure. kind of understand that, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, the coronavirus doesn't follow your date. <laughs> mm. uh, you've just got to suck it up. It sucks. Trust that we have a government that's going to help businesses that are struggling, JobKeeper, mm. flow, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. There, there could even be more stimulus packages announced with the budget and things coming up. We don't Tax know. Cuts. Yeah, we yeah, don't know what's going to happen. Be. So, I think there will be. Yeah, I, I think it's tough. It sucks. But what else are we going to do? And, and it comes back to the nuanced approach. Yeah, versus the emotional response. Emotional response. Yeah. So, I can see both sides. Mm. Yeah, I don't particularly want to come uh, bring anything out of lockdown based on people how many people are angry like, yeah that's exactly not data. no it needs to be based on scientific fact and, mm. and what the prime minister doing right now by second guessing uh, a leader who is entrenched in it mm. who is living sleeping eating breathing this with his businesses with his cohort with his with his population mm. uh, they don't really have a right this is a health-based issue mm. which is run by the states mm. yeah. uh, badly or well depending on yeah. what your thinking is mm. um, I guess they could turn around and say but we're paying for it but isn't it interesting they're not actually saying, you've got to stop this because we can't afford it anymore. Mm. So unless you've got to say that, that's yeah. fair enough. But you yeah. can't parent um, when there's an issue that is state-based. There yeah, has true. to be a, a, a clear distinction between mm. federal and state in, mm. that, in that way. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting debate. Yeah, who knows what will happen? I guess we'll just have to keep following it along. But like we said before, we are in a lucky country and un- un- you know Victoria are struggling more than everyone else. So hopefully... That lockdown can end soon and we can see their economy. If you've got people living in Victoria, you know, businesses in Victoria, reach out to them, give them a call, see how they're doing. Friends or family, even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really important that we keep those connections up and um, make them understand that the rest of the country does hear them and understand what's going on and try our best to help them out. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. All right, Tim. Do you have a tight-ass tip? I do. Let me just get my list of the tips. I don't know if you know this segment, but this is where Tim comes up with some often petty 
uh, <laughs> ways to save a few dollars. I'm, I'm very familiar and yeah. I'm, I'm impressed with this segment. <laughs> Won't say that I actually instigate any of it. I haven't got the time. <laughs> it's that time versus how many cents it's going to save. Yeah, true, he often true. gives time-ass tips as well. Which I do have time-ass tips. Save time. <laughs> All right, how about... Should I use a time-ass tip then? Use a time-ass tip. Go I do have it. one time-ass tip, which I have been using lately. Can, is it golf-related? No. Okay, good. Continue. It's not. Although I have many golf-related time-ass tips. Sports ball. <laughs> sports ball. What's that? It's just my generic answer to everything <laughs> that is sports-related. I don't know often what sport is being played, yeah. so it's called sports, sports ball. Sports ball. I like it. Okay, here's my time-ass tip for this week. Don't peg your washed clothes. A what? I... I <laughs> I think you've used this before. No, I haven't. Have I? Or maybe you just spoke to me about it. I think it. I told you about ben, it. I, I he think, was so excited no. he had to share <laughs> And I think my response was, that doesn't work because there's a thing called wind. No, no, no. And it, it blows your clothes off the no, line, Because your clothes are wet. So, they, they, they hang down. If you hang them evenly mm. on the line, you don't have to waste time pegging or unpegging. They un do become dry. You we know just that, wait until you? they're exactly dry and then pull them off. So pull them straight into the basket. I've got another... Um, doesn't work as well, but let's say a, a Dan ass tip. Um, Dan's dollar savers. No, this is a time saving one. Uh. If you put your clothes on the line, Tim, exactly at the halfway point so they balance and they don't blow off, they don't dry as quick. Yeah, but you're not worried about that. I mean, we're happy to leave clothes on the line for weeks, yeah, right? Yeah, that's because you're like in your, you're unmarried. You don't have kids. You don't have 16 loads of washing. He's married. Stand. He has no right. kids. You don't know. You don't know how often I wash my clothes. I'm thinking from your top tips, it's never. <laughs> this is true. Can hey, I give an right. Can I throw my hat in and give an environmental tip for yes. washing? Yes. Um, buy metal stainless steel pegs. Ooh. They will last forever. True. They don't rust. Yeah. Um, they don't leave marks on the clothes. And, and there's the, lots of really great the plastic shops. ones get brittle eventually yep, and just and snap. And they just snap. True. And then when they snap, all that plastic goes into your garden and mm. is there for like 400 years. It is. So next time you've got to like replace it. pegs, buy stainless steel that's ones. That's a good one. Except I don't use pegs anymore. So <laughs> that's kind of useless <laughs> for me <moot>. now. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's a good one. I like it. Thank you. And I heard, well, when we're on your radio show before, you did say don't. Use a dryer. I don't have a dryer. I've got two kids. I have not. It drives my husband crazy. Yeah. But I don't. I don't have a dryer. But having said that, I do also have a cabin in my garden that I work from. So I've kind of got mm, that flexibility of being nice. able to, when it's a sunny day in the middle of the week, yeah. I can throw yeah. it So fair enough. Yeah. True. But I just think if if it wasn't there, mm. then you wouldn't use it, yeah. and it's pretty harmful. I agree with that one. The only thing I ever put in the dryer is towels during winter. Or fluffs them up, makes them nice. Or oh, it just warm. takes too long to dry otherwise. And I don't, I, I don't get any sun during winter very well in my little courtyard. So it's like, well, I can hang them inside for three days. Fair enough. Or I can put them in the dryer for an hour. So. I, I'm speaking from a point of luxury with yeah. my Hornsby home with a nice big garden and lots mm. of space to hang shit up. Lexi, some people just like to see the world burn. And uh, <laughs> that is Dan over here drying his towels. Some people don't even have towels, Dan. Oh. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next windy day, Tim. Because <laughs> yeah. all your towels will be in the neighbor's Look, yard. Just give it a try. With all these tips, I just say, just give it a try. Let go of the pegs one time hmm. and it will change your life. Okay. I'll right. Give it a, give a go. Give, give it, it a whirl. Yep. Okay. So let's move on. <laughs> Through to our main topic today, which is our chat with Alexi talking Ooh. about uh, small business representation, advocacy, who has a seat at the table when it comes to your representation with government, with making decisions that affect your small business and and how you can actually have a voice. So uh, we spoke about a similar topic today on, on your show, um, but I, I think 
just to keep them slightly different, um, what what would be good to chat about now is just who is at the table? You know, who is actually there? Who mm. actually represents you as a small business owner? And how can you inform them of what you're actually after? And, and how, how do they know what you want? <laughs> and just to preface Lexi's answer... Um, I, I think, you know, I'm really impressed by your knowledge of all the different groups and the advocacy sort of system that is in place. So, I think um, you really are an expert that can share some wisdom in this area for us and, yeah. and our listeners. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's something that I've become quite passionate about, um, just out of interest and researched quite heavily because it's very important and, uh, you know, in, in years past, there wasn't a seat at the table. Small business didn't really have that advocacy. We were mm. overrun by lobbyists who represented big business um, mm. and it felt as though that we didn't have a seat at the table. Now, those things are changing over the last few years. So I think it depends which level of government you're talking about. And mm -hmm. really, we should talk about it from an, a government perspective because they're the decision makers who affect mm. your small business at a local, state and federal level. So if we're talking about local business um, at a local level, that's, of course, your local council. They'll make decisions around compliance, mm. particularly if you're in the hospitality or retail mm. industry. Yeah. Uh, they'll be making decisions that affect your business and how you operate on a day-to-day -day level. Um, a lot of those powers from from local government are being taken away by state. Mm. Uh, things like planning approvals sure. or even, um, uh, you know, a customer service New South Wales is taking a lot of the decisions away from council. <laughs> so I think it's important and a really simple way that you can get involved is go to a council meeting. Mm. Now, as boring and as dull as that sounds, can I tell you it's actually quite interesting. Right. It's really watching democracy in action. Yeah. It's it's listening to um, issues that really affect you. Mm. And simply by glancing at the agenda each month for your monthly council meetings, you can see if there's anything that really interests you. Now, you might be an environmental Nazi like me. You might be interested in development applications mm. that are going on in your street. Um, or you might be interested in what's happening for small business. And so go to those meetings and ask yourself, who's speaking for me at those mm. meetings? Mm. Do we have a representative from the Chamber of Commerce? Is the council even communicating with or working mm. with that body? Mm. Or have they negated them completely and disregarded them in their decision-making process? Yep. Which of the councillors are pro-small business? Mm. Is economic development on the agenda is there a strategy in place that you might want to read over and just glance at and have your say? Mm. So it's much like it, it does require effort. Mm. Um, but I think I would encourage everybody at a local level to just attend a, a council meeting because you'll understand how these things work. And you'll get an understanding about why everything happens so slowly mm. when it comes to government. Unless there's a COVID virus, in which case everything seems to speed up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's, that's a really good point it because... Is. Whenever I think about local council meetings, I think it's going to be a bunch of people with a single issue problem that turn up and do these, and quite frankly, dumbass protests that I've seen <laughs> and I've spoke to people in our local area who they have this big problem like they want they want an airport yeah. on the central coast. This, this that's an issue currently going, and and they decide that everything else. Is, should be neglected and we should put our entire focus, this is their one issue, this is what they focus on. Mm. But that's their right. That as is ridiculous their, as that sounds. Absolutely, that's their right. But that's that, how things happen. That's a disincentive for me to go to that <laughs> because but, I don't want to sit through that. But, but you often forget that to have action and to have change, you have to get involved. Exactly. And so this is yeah. the thing. It put, And this is probably where a lot of small business owners, they're like, well, I'm, I'm poor on time. 
I don't want to go sit in a room with people I don't like who have different agendas to me and I feel like it's just a waste of mm. my time. So, Which was what, where I was eventually heading to, which was like, although it does yeah. seem like it's a crap idea, <laughs> you it's should actually, go. You need, you need to get involved to make change. It is. Yeah, yeah. so true. Yeah. I mean, I am, I'm one of those people that says you're not allowed to get on social media and have a bitch and a moan mm. if you're not in the room or you're not making an effort to understand what's mm. going on and really understand. So cool. it's all very easy to stand up and, and you know, you know, wave your fist mm. and look ridiculous on social media without any understanding or mm. without any facts behind yeah, what absolutely. you're saying. It's very important that we get rid of that and mm. we start, We start. it's like what, what happens on LinkedIn. Let's stop making it um, one big sycophantic fest mm. and let's actually have an intelligent discussion mm. when people put stuff up that riles you up a little bit. Let's bring mm. that back in. So, I digress slightly. So, that's what I would suggest people do at the local level. There are, of course, um, some areas have good, strong, solid um, chambers of commerce. And I'll add they're good and they're strong because people like you have got involved and wanted to make change. Um, That's more of the advocacy role. But you have Mm. to be careful because there are plenty of places where the Chamber of Commerce is simply a front for an organisation. So, you need to do your homework a little bit. And sometimes um, the local B&I group... Mm. Um, actually fills the void of a chamber that's ineffectual. So like a networking group, business networking. Yeah, Yeah. and like you were mentioning on my program as well, it's it's that sometimes simply by networking and listening Mm. to what other businesses are going through, you're kind of playing a role in advocacy as well. And that's Mm. a good starting point. Because because often it's knowledge. So they might know something which you don't know about an issue that is close to your heart or that's affecting you and your business. So it's going and saying, oh, I've got this problem. And then they can say, oh, have you heard about this this movement that's that's popping up at the moment or this group or this body? You should go and speak to them because that's actually something that they're they're pioneering yeah. at the moment. And so. read your local paper. Yeah. Particularly if it's independent. Support yeah. them by reading it and, mm. and if you see something of interest to you, I mean they're desperate for content. Mm. Listen to your local community radio. True. Find a radio um, uh, you know, something that it, it sings to you or speaks to you. And it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be about business. It could be in your own language mm. or it could be something that, you know, if you're into country music, there's plenty of that on community radio as well. <laughs> but have a listen and there's there's great shows like um, you know, motoring shows or sports mm. shows that mm. you can listen to. But just engage with things at the community level. And then um, I guess the next level up from that is professional organisations. Mm, yeah. So many of those are not-for-profits. Um, a lot of them are run largely by volunteers, so people who do the support queries or or help out in the back office. All those people are gaining mm. their work experience from working in the professional association. Right. So engage with them. Mm. And when I say engage, I don't mean just read the newsletter mm. or be a member. I actually mean ask them, what are you doing where do you lobby for me? So where do you speak for our profession? And tell me, uh, which meetings do you attend? Are they local? Are they state? Are they federal? What issues are you bringing to the front? What Mm. is important that you think is important to our membership base? Do you agree with that? And it's often just a matter of picking up the phone and understanding how they operate. Now, Mm. if you're a member, you have every right to ask that and you should probably know where your money is going. Mm. So that's how you can sort of integrate at a local level. And what, can you give some examples of some bodies? Or? Yeah, I mean, of course, yeah. for the accounting and bookkeeping profession, you've got the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, you've got yep. the Australian Bookkeepers Network, yep. um, you've got the CPA for, for accountants, IPA. So there's a lot of um, associations that do different things. So shop around, make mm. sure that you're getting your value for your money. But what you should expect at a basic level is representation, mm. advocacy for the industry, 
And perhaps if you're a small business advisor, you might like to ask them, how are you advocating for small businesses? And what sort of PR are you putting out there for my profession? Mm. So is it positive PR Mm. or is are you more aggressive in the way that you present us? Which in, in, in sometimes there's different ways and different um, mm. positives to each of those. Yeah. So you, they could be very, you know, bullish mm. in the way that they put, put forward their ideas or they could be um, more still working on the PR about what the, mm. <laughs> look at bookkeepers, for instance, there's still a lot of work to be done around what the role of a bookkeeper actually is. Yeah, for mm. sure, yeah. So you do need to think about your purpose, your style and your desired outcome and approach as well when, way, when you're looking for these bodies. Yeah, I'm not going to say the why. <laughs> Yeah. It's not about what your why is. Yeah. It's not about what your business plan says you're going to be in five years' time yeah. and then working towards that. Yeah. You come at it from a background of curiosity yeah. and really about um, what is my role. If you don't want to do advocacy, fine. If you mm. just want to grow your business, fine. Mm. Uh, but if that is one of your intentions because you care and you want yeah. to make a difference, then these are some good avenues to make a start. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Uh, I think that relates to why. I yeah, I do as well. Yeah. I think... Another question around this kind of local area and, and profession area um, is the role of accountants and bookkeepers in that advocacy space because a lot of people, a lot of small businesses would be out there and they're thinking, okay, I have a question. I want to know why something is the first person they speak to is either their bookkeeper or their accountant. Uh, that bookkeeper or accountant might not speak to anyone else after that. They're just a sounding board, you know. So, what what is the role of these people in a small business's life? Because if they don't get an answer for that, the next step usually is, all right, maybe I'll contact my local member. Mm. But what does that mean as well? So, so w- what do you see the role of an accountant or a bookkeeper or another professional in the small business's life and, and how they might be able to do more? I think it comes down to the conversations that you have with your clients. Mm-hmm. So if the conversations are centred around just accounting and bookkeeping questions that you can answer or you can research and come back to them, fine, if that's all. But if you open yourself up and you become more of a sounding board around local issues mm-hmm. because you've made them aware that you're across that or that you, you're you investigating those things mm-hmm. or you have a bit of a ch- chin wag to them you might go to a meeting with them and it turns into something more than just how are their books looking mm. so i think it depends on what that relationship you is you have with your clients and if it starts to evolve that way then i think we do have a responsibility like you have a responsibility to know all of your accounting questions mm. you have a responsibility to know your advocacy as well because i don't think anybody should be using the word advisor which we bandy around a lot Mm. in this profession, Mm. unless you're actually an advisor and a kind of a representative as well. Mm. Um, You can be a accounting advisor, but don't call yourself a small business advisor Mm. if you're not including a piece of the pie that includes advocacy. I I think there's a lot to be said around what you were talking about before and knowing the channels and then being able to, I guess, introduce them to that as well. So... If you do have a client with a specific issue, it doesn't mean you have to pioneer that or, or push that issue for them mm. because that it's a bit of a conflict of, of interest, really. I mean, they're paying you and so now all, all of a sudden you're a paid lobbyist for them. True. Um, but if you know the channels and you can push them towards that avenue, that's something that, that you could support them on that journey. Exactly. So that's definitely mm. vital information. And, and often in accounting, it's about 
knowing the network and, and being able to introduce your clients to mm. the right people at the right time. Mm. It's not it's not having every skill set. Yeah, it's, and it's it, also not doing it in an icky way. No, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. not like, um, oh, well, if you come and be a visitor at my local networking group, um, you'll get yeah. to stand up for 30 seconds and you might meet someone who answers your question. That's not what people are looking for. Yeah. But if you say, oh, I know that's the responsibility of council mm-hmm. or I happen to know that the chamber is pushing for that particular mm. issue to be brought to the fore. So maybe if you get in touch with them. Yeah. But it is about um, when people talk about connectivity, for instance, they don't necessarily mean that you attend a meeting or a phone call with someone mm. you've connected together. You just yeah. connect them. Yeah. And that only takes five sure. minutes to write the email. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pointing people in the right direction as an advisor yep. in terms of their issues yeah. is, is also very important. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about the state level as well. Yeah, so yeah, far away. We talked about local and the fact that there's these chambers and there's local business groups and sometimes it's just a bunch of businesses getting together at a coffee shop. So mm-hmm. find out mm-hmm. what's happening. And then at the state level, you've got the New South Wales Small Business Commissioner um, who, and then of course you've got the state level of these professional associations. So that just gets goes up. Mm-hmm. But um, the Small Business Commissioner in New South Wales is um, has a role of educating but also representation in terms of um, issues of liability. At the moment, they're dealing with a lot of the commercial rent crisis mm, that's yeah. going on with small business versus landlords. Mm. Um, and they also work with um, uh, resolving disputes. Mm. So you can contact them um, independently. You don't need to do it through a professional association. You can just do it as a singular business. Cool. And they will um, in- encourage a mediator uh, to come between two parties and encourage things to not go through the courts, but yeah. to actually mm. be resolved in that way. That's cool. So that's very, very helpful. Um, yeah. And they also have a lot of really great resources on their website. Mm. Um, there's also in New South Wales, for example, there's a great program called Business Connect, mm-hmm. which um, it actually uh, connects you with a good business coach mm. who is recognised by Business Connect. And you have six hours of free time um, with this particular coach. Um, And also that they've done something really nifty in the last uh, year or two, which is um, streamlining the particular sectors. So they'll have someone who specialises in film and television or someone in the creative industries. You'll have advisors that specialise in financial advice Mm. um, who are independent and not um, linked with any particular business. So I highly encourage people to investigate Business Connect in New South Wales. And I know that other programs... Um, exist in other states as well. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that before. There is a, there is a space in, um, I guess, advocacy for small business around understanding grants and different things that are in place to support small business. So, um, Business Connect sounds like an awesome one. They yeah, they often give good some good guidance around um, around applying for grants as yeah, well. That's yeah. a tricky thing. That's always oh. a minefield and a lot of mm. work sometimes. Yeah, I do appreciate the state government's grant system at the moment, which is fill in the paperwork, show your, show mm. your financial credentials, mm. and then you get the grant. Mm. I should mention as well, at the state level, you've got Business New South Wales, which is now known as Business in Australia. So they're going mm. through a little bit of a, a rehash of yeah. the way that they operate. Um, investigate what they do. They, in turn, have really good educational materials out yeah. there as well. Um, they're in a state of flux at the moment. Mm. So I'm not entirely sure what their, uh, their responsibility is in terms of advocacy. Um, but they do have an advocacy arm mm. and they would be the people who are speaking to yeah. the New South Wales Small Business Commissioner and to state-based politicians yeah. and uh, lobbying for the interest of business. Now, mm. whether or not they interest, they lobby for the interest of small business yeah. is arguable because I, I, I do find that gets a bit muddied. Mm. Um, who's, who's small and who's industry? 
Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the time you do hear, okay, you know, the business community want this. And I always think, well, I didn't ask for that. Yeah. Or I, I didn't put input into that. And, and it, part of it is because I haven't seeked, you know, opportunities to, to do these things. Um, but also because I'm not sure if they are representing small business versus they're representing all these large businesses. Right. And that's what these large businesses want. Exactly. So yeah. become familiar with who is small mm. and who is the industry group, mm. like the business body or the industry association mm. of Australia. Those are big boys. Whereas mm. somebody like COSBO, which is the Council of Small Business Organisations Australia, they their members are professional bodies. Mm. And the trickle-down effect is their members are you. Mm. So COSBOA is the overarching organisation for professional bodies in Australia and all of those executive committees of things like CPA, of things like um, Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, ICB, will communicate Mm. And they themselves will be jostling for having their voice heard on your behalf. So COSBOA is a great place to understand at a federal level where advocacy is. So they Mm. speak on behalf of members. Mm -hmm. The different part of that is Kate Carnell's Carnell's office, which is the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman. She is independent. Mm -hmm. So her role is similar to the state-based New South Wales Small Business Commissioner. She helps resolve disputes, Mm -hmm. but in turn, through that, process she has a massive understanding of the workings and almost the inner machine of Canberra and also lobbies for the desired effect of small business so Mm. her and Cosboa who's represented by Peter Strong they tend to be on the same page you don't often hear them speaking um, independently of one another but um, I, I feel as though with what we're seeing in the media is that Cosboa speaks for the little guy Mm. Whereas Kate Carnell's office is is driving policy, is is putting big things out there like let's look at payment times, mm. but bringing with her a whole stack of data and information, um, and real li- rather than real life experiences, where yeah. I think that's where Cosboa sits. So that's my understanding yeah. of the difference okay. between the two. So really, if you know, uh, Dan owns a fish and chip. Not a bad example. Uh, I own a, a building. Yep. Company. Yep. Small business on the Central Coast. Yeah. And I want to advocate for some change. There's some things that I want improved. It could be a number of issues. Really, my first step should be, all right, I, I should get involved with my professional association because they're going to be advocating on, on my behalf. And if yes. I can get enough people within that association to see the changes that I'm talking about, then they will push for that on a federal level or a state level, COSBOA, these kind of places. Depending that, on where that, that where, piece of legislation sits, that's where you want to make yep. change. That's where you'll be talking. So really the first step for most small businesses should be get involved locally. Yes. Get involved, communicate, yep. tell people what you're after. Yeah. Well, it's quite interesting because if you think about who are often the local councillors or <laughs> local members, mm. often they have got a very large local business presence. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and they're the most successful people for some reason. So, um, yeah, I mean, they've, they've, people have known for a very long time, if you are active and, you're, and you've got um, something you want to change or something you want to work towards, then you need to get involved. And, yeah. And that can benefit you. It can benefit your community. Um, That's so. right. And we think of those people as successful business owners, not because they're corrupt and what they've made change mm. for has benefited their business. But more often than not, they were successful business owners first. Yeah. Mm. They recognized that they needed to help others. Yep. So they created a platform of policy on which they became elected. Yep. And you've got to go through that process of getting pre-selection with your party, unless you want to go the independent route, which is nearly impossible. Mm. But on a platform of, I want to make this change 
then you get um, you know pre-selected to become on the ballot box. Mm. But all the way along the line, you would hope that those people who originally stood for those values um, continue pushing for those yeah. values. So politically, um, that's separate from your professional organisation, mm. or it could be the same. But politically, you can also look at what your local politicians are doing for yeah. small business to make change. Yeah. And I'd encourage bookkeepers and accountants to be part of that conversation yeah. because we represent businesses in almost every sector. Definitely. Mm. Take a seat back, look at your client list and write down what they do yeah. and then go, oh my God, I have a touch point on every sector of the small business economy or you may be niching and go, I just deal with retailers, but yeah. I really know what retailers are going through right mm. now. Yeah. And because of that knowledge, um, it's a natural, uh, you know, it's a natural progression to become mm. an advocate Definitely. for them. Yeah. And I think, you know, each accountant or bookkeeper would represent millions of dollars of the economic economy. activity mm. um, from their clients. Mm -hmm. So we see that data as well. We see that information. Clients, are, as I said earlier, we're often the trusted advisor on topics we sometimes know nothing about. So they mm. come to us and say, hey, I need to know about this. And, and it's our job to be able to tell them where to go get that information if it's mm. not us. Yeah. Um, so if, if we do have this information, then we're in a good good spot to then go speak to the local chamber or mm. professional bodies or our local member or the councillors. But yeah. don't expect it to be easy. No. Th these things mm. can be clicky. No. Yeah. Mm. At oh, the best absolutely. of times, you're dealing with... I mean, anybody who's been on a PNC will know how internal politics is such fun to deal with. <laughs> so don't expect to just have an open door approach. People will listen. But you might get a people who are a bit patronising and say, "Ah, oh, yeah, we've, we've been." What you'll get from the older politicians who have been in their role for twenty years is you'll get some guy going, "Yeah, someone brought that up ten years ago, and we <laughs> looked into it, and we decided it wasn't really." It's like, excuse me, yeah. I'm someone different, and the world has moved on. Yeah. So you need to come with us and evolve in mm. your in. And so there's a lot of that old guard mentality and mm. you have to break that down. That exists in professional associations. Yeah. It exists in chambers. It exists in politics. So keep asking the questions. If you're not happy with how one person's responded, mm. go, yeah, I think I want to talk to someone else. Mm. And, and eventually you'll get someone who opens the door. And that's old guard. There is new guard and an elephant in the room, which is a new, uh, I guess, player in uh, the advocacy space as well. So, accounting software. <laughs> yeah, I think this is something we spoke about pretty extensively on, on your show today. But basically, um, there are softwares out there like Xero, like um, any of the other accounting software programs. I, and I'm not even sure how, let's say, some specialist softwares like ServiceMate or someone who gathered data about mm -hmm. building and trade, what they're... Um, doing in the industries that they're involved True. in. But they have all this data. They have all this information. And more often than not, they're trying to do the right thing. They're providing this data to, to the government and say, hey, this is reality on the ground. You know, you're getting information every three months off a of BAS. We're getting information every day. So here's what it looks like actually. And, and here's, we want to help you make policy. But the conflict of interest there could be that, well, they have a vested interest to manipulate policy in a way that benefits them. We'd hope that's not the case, you know. I'd assume not, but you never know that that it is a conflict. Um, so it is an interesting space to to kind of think about and ha have a look at. Should you know who sh who should be sitting at this table? I'm I'm kind of a bit astounded that you're being diplomatic. 
I'm always diplomatic. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the non-diplomatic hat on Go and say I've got a real issue yeah. with um, an organisation. I'm obviously very passionate about advocacy yeah. and I'm passionate about people getting involved. Cool. Because you're not allowed to bitch and whinge unless you do something about it. It's like mm, awesome. it's like you're not, you're not allowed to complain about it at traffic jam if you're in your car and you're in the jam. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you're part of the problem. I'm always complaining about traffic jams. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I would say is that their role is muddied. Yeah. And it's all about those voids. When there's a void because nobody's speaking, someone will step into that role mm-hmm. um, and, and become, you know, the voice of. And... When media companies and the general news press doesn't give credence to the Cosboas and the Kate Carnells and the real advocates and the professional associations who speak for their members, when they don't give them a voice, something new and shiny comes along mm. with a big PR department behind us, mm. behind it, and all the dollars <laughs> and the data mm-hmm. and steps into that role. Mm. And that's where I've got a problem. Mm. I think it's very powerful and it's important what companies like Zero are doing with that aggregated data and I mm. 100% trust them with that data. I don't yeah. have a problem. No. Um, I, I think it's great what they're doing in that role. Yeah. However, they don't have a membership base to report to. Mm. They don't have, they're not, uh, you know, independently uh, in, created by government yeah. and yet they sit at the table. So first yeah. there's a question about equity. Mm. Do the other software companies have a seat at the table? Mm. Are we making it fair? Yeah. Why do they suddenly have this role? And it's because um, that that's been a strategy, mm. because it's been a corporate strategy of theirs to move into that space. Now we yeah. can argue until the cows come home, until we've got someone representing that company here, we'll never know whether or not, truthfully, it is actually them um, advocating for small business yeah. and using the power of data for goodwill, or they're doing it to increase their. Uh, their shareholders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we won't know that. And then yeah. it wouldn't matter if they were here because half mm. of us would believe them and half of us wouldn't. But yeah, my point true. is, they don't, mm. the only people they report to are shareholders at mm. the end of the day. Yeah. And I've got an issue with someone who is not a true advocate um, taking that role. Mm. And I think that as business advisors, accountants and bookkeepers in particular, we need to understand who is advocating for small business if it's not the professional associations and it's not mm. the Cosboers. Why have we got zero with a seat at that table? Yeah. Driving policy. Is it because they are um, they are using the data for good? Mm. Or is mm. it because they are muscling their way into that position of advocacy yeah. and therefore yeah. growing their PR base and their marketing mm. and all the goodwill that comes with it? There's a couple of ideas I have around this. Um, one is if you have the ability do you have the responsibility? Mm. So they have the ability, they have the data, they have the information. Not that many people do. So therefore, do they have a responsibility to then use it Isn't in a like way a, that they're meant to be doing? Star Wars called with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially. So, it, you know, that that is part of that. The other side of it is, you know, there's there's a big thing out there at the moment and uh, I'm not sure if um, we quote him all the time, but Peter Baines at ZeroCon last year, was he was talking a lot about doing good by doing good, you know. Uh, they're out there trying to advocate for small business. Yes, at the same time, they're growing their market share because of that. Exactly. But does that mean that is what that they're doing thing? is potentially bad or mm. there is definitely a conflict, mm. but... I what think does that there's a mean, conflict, but know? I think if they make people aware of the conflict, yeah. mm. if they're very open and honest and say, look, 
we're doing this as a company, yeah. um, but we're very passionate about it and we really believe it. And, you know, as you were mentioning on, on my program, they have been fundamental in helping accounts and bookkeepers connect mm. yeah. in building a community, in Definitely. making us feel as though yeah. we're not alone because yeah. we can often feel that way in o the industry. Almost single-handedly responsible for That's that. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. we should appreciate mm. them for that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think that um, what I don't want to see happen, mm. I guess, is I just want them to maintain that role as corporate. Mm. I want them to consult. Mm. I want them to give the data as they are, as mm. they have been, and, yeah. and how, and be responsible with it, which they are. We can trust them with the aggregation and things like that so mm -hmm. far. Yeah. But I don't want them to be sitting next to the Peter Strongs, the Kate mm. Carnells, mm. the commissioners, the professional mm. associations. I just think that there needs to be a very clear distinction between the two. Yeah. And I'm going to highlight a post that went um, up recently about mm. yep. um, them stating that they were representing small business, an open yeah. letter to the treasurer on behalf of small business. Mm. Now that really riled me up yeah. because I thought, wait a sec. Yeah. <laughs> Last time I checked, you're not a small business. <laughs> um, what they should have done is worded that differently yeah. and said, here's the data yeah. we've collected from small business yeah, yeah. and we're sending it to the treasurer. Yeah. And we'd be like, thanks. Mm. That's great. That's really mm. helpful. But you going... On behalf of, yeah. yeah, it sounds like it sounds like maybe their marketing agency, like their marketing arm, got involved there and was trying to kind of make it look like two small businesses that Zero was doing the right thing by them. So that's that's an interesting, yeah. I, don't use that power as a marketing tool mm. on the on the same. Well, that's, that's a couple token. of couple of solutions maybe. And uh, as mm -hmm. you spoke about before, there are associations and things that represent software companies on you know with with the ATO and, and discussing how industry is involved in compliance and, and all those kind of things. And if they are advocating through that association in conjunction with other softwares that are doing the same thing, then that's fine because mm. they're a group and they're actually the people involved in providing those services and they should have a seat at that table as part of that greater Association. group. Um, another, you know, so if they're just doing that, then potentially that's, a bit cleaner. Um, the other solution potentially is like, what if they were then responsible to the small businesses somehow? If, if there was somehow a consulting arm that was responsible somehow, I'm not sure I have an idea. how it would go, but through to those small businesses. Well, how about a community of zero partners? <laughs> no, that's just another professional association called, that's, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. But they have They're, the data and the responsibility as what, I was getting so, to before. So yeah. should they do that? No. Yeah. No, no. I, they should just deliver the data. Yeah. Help policymakers, you know, be mm. the bastions. Be mm. um, using power for the data for the power of good. Be mm. those guys. Yeah. Be the protectors of the data, but don't try and be a professional association. Yeah. Well, checks and balances, though. So w whether we like it or not, they're going to have some sort of influence. Zero R or and, and they already do. Yeah. QuickBooks. Yeah. They're going to have some sort of influence. So could a check and balance on Zero's influence be that? Accountants and bookkeepers have a say in the direction that Zero is heading. For advocating. Why? We're not shareholders. We don't have a say. Because we are Zero partners. We have a very big say. Our clients use Zero because we recommend they use Zero. Our client, we use um, Zero products. We are customers. We're one of the biggest stakeholders in Zero. So now, I'd say Zero's success has come off the back of the um, the accounting community getting around it. Yeah, at the end really. of the day, we're their sales force. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's that's been one of their most successful things mm. is getting accountants on board. And there is a lot of chat 
in socials about um, the unappreciation of partners apart from giving us, you know, a gold or silver or bronze stamp at the bottom of our, Mm. which is helpful for us as well, I will say. But it's it's about, um, I guess, making a strategic decision. Mm. But I, I think at the end of the day, there shouldn't be yet another professional association will just muddy mm. the waters yeah. it should be they should absolutely position themselves as the bastions of the data we mm. are proud to give this clean yeah up to date mm. you know unbiased. almost unbiased <laughs> aggregated <laughs> daily information to the government yeah and then go then back away yeah they're not going to do that though are they? <laughs> or maybe some um you know, uh, joint arrangement with an advocacy group that acts independent. So, like, we provide yeah. this data to the government and to the chambers and to the accounting professional bodies, and they then use that data to come up with their positions and yeah. advocate for it. But it's it. about the tiers. Yeah. So, I, I don't ever want them... I don't want to see a table mm. which is in a straight line mm. with Peter Strong, Kate Carnell, mm. and Trent Innes on it. Yeah. I don't want to see that. I re- that really makes me nervous and that's mm. very concerning. Not necessarily because they're doing – but they're just doing it for the wrong reasons. And mm. and I do a really – and let me just stress again, I think that the data that they have is very powerful and very important. Like never mm. before have mm. we had this up-to-date information sure. that can drive policy and fast. Yeah. Like you said, it's not about the BAS or the mm. you know the, the tax, mm. fi- tax filing that's done yeah, the May right. after the following month. That's no. yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, it's immediate yeah. and that's mm. great. But they should be, yeah, just basically like I'm trying to think of some medieval character that had the chest with all the information in who delivered it to the king. Uh, and Robin that's Hood. It. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't give it to the king. He, he gave, gave it to the whole yeah. So it was Robin Hood's nemesis. Who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, is there a Game of Thrones character? Is it like the keeper of the gold, the keeper of the coin? Yeah. What were they? Yes. Masters of coin. The master of coin. There you go. They can be the Little masters finger. of coin. Couldn't they be the dragons? The dragons don't really have much <laughs> to say. That's what I'm like, worried about. <laughs> eat the lambs. Are we the lambs? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I think this, yeah, this is a really interesting discussion. I, it, I don't know the solution. I, I think they provide a an important function. I think, as I said, they have an ability, so they do have a responsibility. Um, but what that responsibility looks like we three in this room can't even come to a con- like a, an agreement upon it. So so who knows how they can come up with that answer and, and what that looks like. And I suppose it's up to people like us to advocate to them, to say, here's what we think. And I think it's about people like yeah. us who are community leaders to mm. keep them accountable. Mm. Yeah. I think keeping yep. an eye on them and, and just going, oh, why'd you do that? Mm. What, this, what's that about? Yeah. Why, what's, what's your why? Mm. You exactly. know, and asking the questions and pushing back and saying, yeah, I'm not comfortable with that as mm. a community leader. And this is, goes back to what you were saying about becoming, slipping into that role of an advocate and a community leader mm. as pro- finance professionals with all those clients, with all those people who look up to you and desire your information and even just your opinion. I'm sorry, but you are a community leader, whether you mm. like it or mm-hmm. not. So embrace it. Get involved, find out what's going on, keep mm. a finger on the pulse of mm. what not only educates your clients, but mm. advocates for them as mm. well. Yeah. And if something doesn't make you feel comfortable, speak out against it. Yeah. And so another segue, um, small biz matters. I mean, Hi. that's advocacy really, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And it's funny because that's why I started the show in the first place mm. because Hornsby Council did not have and still 
still doesn't have an economic development officer. Mm. So I know that all of you out there who have got, yeah, my council's great. They do networking events and they do mm-hmm. education and they've got a business platform. Mm. We got nothing. <laughs> and <laughs> We got rid of our entire council not that long ago. Like it's, <laughs> we're a whole new council. We didn't, you who got knows a shiny new thing. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Yeah. But the question is, is there an economic development strategy? Because we've not had one for 12 years. Wow. If you look up any of the, and I did this exercise when I was thinking about the show, go through all the customer, uh, all the um, council documents, the PDFs, mm. control F, mm-hmm. look for the word small business as two words. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find the word small business in any documentation, strategy documents, <laughs> planning, nothing. And that's yeah. most of what they'd be dealing with. Like small businesses are um, most local. of the businesses yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at a local level, especially. Exactly. Like, yeah. And then I looked at the chamber and that was a dead duck. At mm. the time there were 12 mm-hmm. members and it was basically a front for the Liberal Party. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That happens. Did I say that? And, and so on the back of that, at the same time, I was, you know, um, the studio uh, manager came up and said, oh, you know, if you thought of, thought of doing radio, don't be ridiculous. And then for two weeks, my husband like, you have to do radio. You can talk underwater. You have to do radio. <laughs> I was like, no, don't be silly. I'll just send a newsletter out like everybody else. And so that's how it was born. And nice. I started by talking to small business. It's funny you were talking about seeking advice on behalf of clients. Mm. Well, that's exactly what I was doing. People Mm. were asking me questions about HR and law. And so I interviewed people who I knew would know the answers. It's convenient. I've got a a little bit of marketing. And then, but my, I guess the evolution of Small Biz Matters has gone from being both educational, um, nationally focused rather than Mm. just being about Hornsby anymore and evolving into advocacy. But Mm. not because, you know, rah, rah, represent, picketing or anything like that but actually what is going on understanding and then giving that knowledge out there yeah, yeah. so it's not going to be like an alan jones type situation don't or anything did like you that. just say alan jones <laughs> god i felt a bit icky when you said that sorry, sorry. Yeah. Let's, let's delete that from the podcast <laughs> can we remove that bit <laughs> but um uh, it's true though i didn't think about it until you, know, you were the one that raised this as, as a good topic for us to discuss today and i definitely didn't think about our podcast as an advocacy platform, it but is. you are so you are so right. Um, we have a voice, and so um, you have a voice, and you have people who listen yeah. and admire mm. what you do, mm. and feel as though you are their voice. Mm. Yeah. So if you're doing any of that, either in your small business or for your clients or at a local, state, or federal mm. level, then you're an advocate. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, Tim has a voice unless I mute him. <laughs> the power. <Yeah. laughs> I have the real power. power. I control the decks. Well, with power comes responsibility. <laughs> yeah, I have an ability, and therefore I have a responsibility. <laughs> Two-sided coin. Yeah, uh, great. I think I think we've covered a lot of great topics. So, uh, where can people find Small Biz Matters? Oh, Small Biz Matters is available wherever you ingest your small business educational podcast. So that's your iTunes, your Spotify, your Podbean. Um, also, you can also subscribe to the smallbizmatters.com.au newsletter so you can find out who's coming out on the show. That's cool. And we're also seeking media partners at the moment. So if you're part of a larger organisation that has a big audience, we give away our content for free. So that's mm. not only the podcast but also the written content that accompanies it. Cool. And you can repurpose that for your own marketing material. And um, it just means that we gain listeners and you get um free educational material for your listeners. Hey, that sounds pretty cool for our podcast, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really nice uh, thing to do. <laughs> it's good. It's good. You just put it out there and you get people to share it and then you increase your listeners, which is, you know, at the end of the day, we, you know, you guys and I, we're all the same is that we're doing it out of passion and yeah. out of love. Um, so exactly those right. diagnostics are important. 
um, yeah. Yeah. and credibility is important. So yeah. I really, I really like it, and it's cool that we've you know we've been able to do this crossover today. Um, and yeah, I guess we've learned a lot from you in talking to you over the years since we've met you about podcasting and 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 how to do it, and still are. <laughs> and now we're advocates. Yeah, yes. we're advocates, Tim. <laughs> I just gave you another hat to wear. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, here we go. That's the official end of the topic. Uh, hmm. Do we have any other things this week? Yeah, so explain the other thing. Uh, so the other things are just anything that you're listening to, reading, watching, doing that is separate from your everyday job that you're enjoying. And you just want to say, hey, I want to give a shout out to this thing because I think it's great. Oh, can, I, can I give a shout out to um, the fabulous Heather Smith and the work that she's doing to support yes. small businesses, yes. business community, building community. Cool. So hop onto the Zero Mastermind group. I think that's where it gets um, broadcast or get in touch mm -hmm. with anybody who, you know, speaks or get in touch with me and I'll, mm. I'll let you know about this. Cool. But it's a group of just basically like-minded accounting and bookkeeper professionals just shooting the shit every mm. afternoon at four, yes, every afternoon <laughs> and it's just to check in and for people who are isolated which we often are as, as in this profession um it's just a way of talking to one another and checking in with each other and seeing mm. how we're going so like it's it. been it's been a godsend since march basically yeah, cool. very that's cool. a good one very that's a great cool. one uh so mine just as worthy just as um important is the tv show cobra kai <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> so, you, you know the Karate Kid? Yes, of course I know the Karate Kid. <laughs> so, uh, there's a new TV show oh called God. Cobra Kai, and it's uh, the original Daniel Sun no. and, and Johnny Lawrence, uh, who, who was his nemesis in the first one, like 30 years the later. The guy. Yeah, so it focuses mainly on Johnny, <laughs> and it's, it's him, his life's down and out, and he's... You know, he's not in a good place in his life. Well, he shouldn't be considering the way he behaved. Exactly. <laughs> and then the other side of the coin is is Daniel's son and his life is just fantastic. Like, things have gone great. He's got this great family. Does he have a business? He's got this giant business, car salesman. <laughs> and basically, they kind of cross paths and reignite the feud between <laughs> the two of them. And so Isn't the protagonist um, not Daniel's son? No, no. Yeah, so the main character is Johnny. And it follows him and oh. his journey to try and become redemption. a better person and again. It's the and redemption, same actors. exact same actors. Oh, it's going to disturb oh, me. Cool. Yeah, and it's 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 fantastic. Where does um, Elizabeth, what's her name, sure? Sh so she has not been on the show, but they've spoken about her, and um, it's it's hinted that she'll be in the third season because she get, they get it. I won't spoil it, but there's there's more talk about her in the second season. What about? Um, is Mr. Miyake still He's passed, unfortunately. Oh, okay. no. So, he's passed in the show as well, and they talk about oh, him, and, okay. and they, he, he names his dojo Miyagi-Do. Oh, oh. Is um, Jaden Smith going to be? No, there's no... Uh, <laughs> although, I did notice in the... Who's uh, Jaden Smith in all of this? The, so, the remake of The Karate Kid oh. was Jaden Smith. Will Smith's son. Um, oh, that was awful. I thought it was all right. I don't know. <laughs> so, so I, I did notice at the start in the credits, it says produce, uh, executive producers Will Smith and someone else as well who I name I recognize. And I, so I'm assuming they must have owned the rights. Wow. And then so they've allowed them to... Anyway, the show's great. It kind of flips the script on who's the good guy and who's the bad guy and what kind of method you should be teaching. And uh, it, I'd... I loved it. That's I'm going to cool. watch that. I binged it all. I have to say, Karate Kid is one of those films. We did an 80s binge fest with my 12 and 13 yeah. year old daughters and Karate Kid was one of them. And that, it actually holds up really well. Oh, it does. In fact, yeah. <laughs> to the point where my poor daughter, Abigail, I think she was about seven, but when he swept the leg, mm -hmm. she became hysterical. <laughs> oh, she, no. she got a real fright and she kind of like 
<laughs> she had to leave the room. She was in tears. We had to pause oh, no. it. Yeah. She was like, it's okay, sweetie. It's just a movie. It's o- He's going to be okay. Just can you just watch the next two minutes yeah. because it's going to be watch all it. right Watch it. It's going to be an awesome kick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you should uh, you should definitely watch it. That's awesome. Okay, mm. going on the list. Mm. Well, Dan, my other thing is a little bit different this yeah, okay. week. And it was um, Paul Keating calling... Um, Calling the liberals uh, currently in power little bitchy liberals. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. There he was, always says it how it is. Yeah. So there was an ABC show, ABC RN, whatever that is. Radio, Radio National. National. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was on there and he was, he was very passionate about super. So he introduced... Well, he introduced... Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And so he's very upset about the early release of super. And there was also a planned increase... Um, which got delayed a few times, yeah. but it was meant to start again next year that I think the government announced we're, we're thinking about delaying again yep. to, to help. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a bit of a fence sitter when it comes to that. Yeah. Well. So we might use that as a business update next yeah. episode. I should have used it today. It was meant for today. But anyway, we forgot about it. But we should debate that next episode. Yeah. But it is interesting. On the one hand, you've got um, superannuation. I didn't really think about it this way. But superannuation is an investment tool for our economy. Mm. So taking money out of that pot is going to restrict the ability for investment in big infrastructure projects, mm. which are going to drive the economy. That's Keating's argument to to an extent. Um, so he's saying we should definitely up to 12.5% super as a guarantee because it's going to be more money in that pot and um, it's going to drive more investment. Mm. It's going to drive more business. Can I, I ask a maths question? Because mm. obviously that the money that you earn on superannuation is... Is the interest on that and the money that you Re- earn on, return it's, on it? Yes, yeah, yeah. it's huge mm. over the years. Yeah, um, wouldn't the government have been better off just giving people loans at the RBA rate? Mm. Probably Maybe. that Maybe. had to be repaid because ultimately you should be repaying the super anyway. It's mm. like hex. Mm. You know, we we you know back yeah, in the right. day when you had hex debt that wasn't breaking you, mm. um, you'd have mm. like you could pay it straight away. Otherwise, you had what was the interest rate we paid on it? it was like yeah, it's, like, it's the inflation rate. It's the inflation rate. Yeah, yeah so, so it's very low. Why didn't they do that? It's a really good question, actually. Rather because than getting people to get money, I mean, I've seen so many people take out tens of thousands. Yeah. Of thousands. You go, do you realize you double that? Like mm. that's worth twice as much. Oh, it's worth more than that yeah. over 30 years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Much it's more huge, than that. So huge impact on their retirement funds. I think the other argument that he was making as well, and we can get into this more next week, but the other argument was that essentially Australians haven't had a wage increase in mm. a decade. You know, the yeah. wages have been stagnant has been the, the argument for a long time. And, and so the, superannuation is not it's growing. Superannuation adding it's essentially a wage increase. Yeah. So it was a mandated wage increase for, for everybody. True. Even though people wouldn't feel that day to day in their pocket. But mm. um, yeah, interesting. And that is funny. He called them little bitchy literal liberals. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. We can debate whether or not that's a fact. Yeah. Right? <laughs> He's just like, these little bitchy liberals. <laughs> that's great. It's great. Uh, yeah. So great. Um, yeah, that's my other thing. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. We've gone kind of long today, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, that's what happens so. when you put three radio people <laughs> <laughs> so you can find us uh, get in touch at two drunk podcast at gmail.com sorry two drunk podcast at gmail.com at two drunk accountants on all of the socials uh subscribe follow give us a rating because that helps get us into the charts which helps more people find us so if you could do that that would be great um we have more news next week in regards to the uh, crocheted scarf competition yes that we i was announced just about to bring that up yeah. good <laughs> 
Uh, Alexi, where can they find where can they find you? Uh, uh, we've already said that a little bit, but yeah, smallbizmatters.com.au and yeah. wherever you get podcasts, have a subscribe subscribe and have a listen. Awesome. Great. All right. Well, thanks for coming on today, and we'll we'll calculate it.